Next on BYU Sports Nation, Adam Hine is back this week at running back. What it means for the group and who leads the team in rushing this week. How many starting offensive linemen are back this week? And the Missouri-BYU game kickoff is out. Plus, Kyle Collinsworth makes two top college basketball lists. Vamos! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan. What is up, BYU Sports Nation's Live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Tuesday, November 3rd. Jerem Jordan alongside one-time rental resident of the Shire, Brian Logan. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I just, I, I, I lifted weights a little bit, so I'm just... Just show, showing the walnuts? Show it off, yeah. I'm yeah. showing off the oranges. It's just, you know, Uncle Uncle B's coming on Have here. Have you ever purchased second. a large shirt in your life? Never, man. Oh, I, I, okay. I When I was like 180, I was I was 193 pounds. You were 193 my pounds? So, my, so, my sophomore year. Going into my sophomore year for junior college. And you were 193 I was 193 pounds. pounds, man. And I've never weighed that much in my life. Yeah. and and, uh, and I'm six inches taller than you. <laughs> Seven. Look, so so tell you so wow. I had a, I had a little workout with with Boise State. Uh, the coach came out and he Good. was like, "You're too." I learned something about you every day. Yeah, he was like, "You're too, you're too big, man." You're too I like, big. I was like, "I'm trying to, to be go D one." Too big. Yeah, he said I was too big. He was like, "You need to lose about ten, maybe fifteen pounds. You need to be playing at one eighty, if not one seventy five. And I was like, "You don't know nothing anyway, Boise State." <laughs> As you're crying in the hotel room eating <laughs> Burger King. <laughs> so right. <laughs> Yeah, so after that, yeah. But that was a time where I had to start buying. Like, my waist was, like, 36 inches. I had, like, a You were a, a 36 large. waist? Yeah, now wow. I'm, like, 31. Look yeah. at you, man. Yeah, I was big. Dude, I got you stretch marks, Are you going to write a book one day about all this? Yeah, I Are am. we going to make a, a straight-to-Netflix movie about you? I am going to write a book, man. Straight-to-BYU uh, TV yep, movie? Yep. I want to use, you know, Coach Mendenhall's, uh, you know, team that helped him produce and write his Book. Yeah, I yeah. I read that book. Yeah, it wasn't really Broncos book. It was by Paul Gustafson about BYU football. Yeah, yeah. that yeah mm-hmm. that one right. Mm-hmm. Running into that's the wind. The, that's the plan. Yeah, yeah. Hey, running uh, with the wind. With the wind? I don't know. I think it's yeah. into the into the wind. wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up on the show, Blaine Fowler, Mike Littlewood, the baseball coach, and swimmer Jake Taylor. But first, uh, the D League, the developmental league in the NBA. Their website. They've really embraced Jimmer for that. It by sounds the way. bad Se- when you say it that way. Second pick. Uh, in the D-League draft over the weekend. Uh, they have one, not one, but two pictures of Jimmer on the homepage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hashtag, Jimmer Fredette fully embraced by the D-League. excited. First game Jimmer! Is... Oh, my gosh! We got Jimmer! What? Do we need to get a jersey of the Westchester Knicks <laughs> for the set? I'm serious. Oh, I'm, my I'm serious gosh. right now. What do you think happened when, like, maybe, like, the, the, the artist or whatever you call it, the Production person like just one yeah maybe oh. put like put one picture up there and then yeah. of Jimmer and then the other one was maybe somebody else and then someone's and like then, hey no 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 hey, he's from you, he's you, from around hey what are you doing what are you doing bro like we need both these pictures yeah there's not one you're fired but two pictures of his Jimmerness uh, on the D League uh, website his first game by the way um, next Thursday next Thursday the twelfth mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. check it out that's yeah. you can. Uh, you can watch that somehow. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Man, there's a lot of energy on, in here. On Google. BYU and Missouri <laughs> on November 14th will kick off at 7.30 Eastern time on the SEC Network. Some questions about what is the SEC Network? This is the second year of its existence. 
You've got a neighbor that has it, I promise. Although still unannounced, Brent Musburger could be the play-by-play for that game. He works for the SEC Network. That could be cool. Nice. Uh, for all you guys that are scratching your head don't know, um, you know, you, I, I, would, I have Comcast, so I would say look in the, in the 700s. I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. The I 700s, not a, man. Not everyone does. You got to go a little bit deeper to find those, that's, those type of networks. Yeah, you've got Big a neighbor. 10, Unfortunately, yeah. it's not going to be at the stake center like the olden days. Sorry. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Injury update from practice. Adam Hine is back. Kyle Johnson and Ului Lapuahu. Uh, Ardaf, thank you. Appreciate that. Bowing. I'm bowing right now. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, also, Riker Matthews is questionable. Matt Hadley and Riley Burt are probable. Kyle Collinsworth was named the 21st best player in ESPN's top 100 player list in college hoops. Not bad, nice. right? Then he was number 34 in Fox Sports Top 50. So, making waves. Also, the AP Top 25 preseason poll in hoops was released. BYU received a vote worth five points, so they were in there. Mm-hmm. But BYU is scheduled to play number nine Gonzaga and number 16 Utah and potentially number eight Oklahoma in Hawaii. That's nice. Nice little schedule there. Uh, Nadia Gomes is the West Coast Conference Soccer Player of the Week after her two goals in just 14 seconds against LMU on Saturday. Dude, you need, yeah, if you score two in 14 seconds yeah, you and you sh- win both games that week. She should probably win the reward for like three weeks. I would think. That's it's a week-to-week week award, Brian. Uh, With that in mind, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The running back, y'all. Adam Hine will play this week. That's great news. After, what, buck 49 against UCLA? Injured himself against Michigan, but he is back this week against San Jose State. And with that comes a good problem. BYU has a few good options at running back now with Adam Hine, Algernon Brown, who scored seven touchdowns the last three weeks, or games rather, Francis Bernard, and Riley Bird is probable. Options, baby, which brings us to today's Twitter question. Who will be BYU's leading rusher at San Jose State? Mm, Friday night game, options. Who's going to lead BYU in rushing at San Jose State? First tweet, at Laser Sheep. I'm going with Mr. Brown. If San Jose State has trouble defending the run already, try bringing him down without a cannon. Nice. <laughs> Hash Brown, Brown. Oh, my goodness. Who's your leading rusher Friday night against San Jose State? I, I, I got to say um, Hash Brown, Brown as well, man. Uh, he's... That's it. Did you just bring a new nickname to the hash, table? Hash Brown. Hash yep. Brown. Hash Put Brown. a little ketchup on it. Hash Brown. Got the ketchup going. Um... Uh, the main the main reason why is when you look at Adam Hine and, and it looks like it seems like he's been out forever. It's literally been forty one days. Forever. Sandlot. I feel nice. like he's been out, and so I don't expect this coaching staff to just put him in and and give him a lot of carries. I think they're going to test the water, see where he's at. You got to think about his conditioning. Yep. Uh, you got to think about him getting. Uh, you know, just more comfortable right with that with the injury because um, in practice it, it's one thing and when you're in the training room and, and and it feels good but it's different when you're at game game pace uh so i i think it really uh just depends on on what's gonna uh, and how he looks so i think algae gets the majority of the carries like he's been getting adam hine yeah great question great question as to how ready is he bronco mendenhall said this about what he thinks he'll see out of adam hine friday um, he'll, he'll work his way in. Uh, I think it's going to take all of us, he and us, a little time to find out exactly where he is. Practice is one thing. Seeing him in a game is something else. So 
his role will kind of be defined once he's in the game and we see what that looks like. It's like you listened to that soundbite uh, before we played it or something. Yeah, Bronco Mendenhall <laughs> echoes the same sentiment as you, which is how ready will Adam Hine be? I'm not worried about it because BYU's shown the last couple of weeks that without Adam Hine, the running game was still could be good, right? Algernon Brown is my pick as well. Whiskers, touchdown Algie Brown, hash Brown, hashtag Algie Brown, whatever, to lead BYU in rushing this week. But having Adam Hine back is good. A senior leadership there has had 5.8 yards per carry. was fantastic uh, against UCLA, the fourth quarter against Boise State. There was yeah. a lot of progress there. We, at that point in time, the blue-goggled approach was Adam Hine might be a 1,000-yard rusher. Yeah. I don't think yeah. BYU will have one this season with five to go. The leading rusher is Algernon Brown at 449. I mean, he's got a shot, but he's not going to put up a hundy a game probably, which is fine because I like this group. Um, in fact, you look at Hine, Brown, Bernard, and Burt. I kind of leave Nate Carter out of it uh, for this just wrong, particular man. stat. It's wrong. That brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. I got to cater to my stat, dude. Hine, Brown, Bernard, and Burt combined average 6.4 yards per carry. Let me repeat that yes, for a moment. Please, please do that. Hine, Brown, Bernard, and Burt. Combined average 6.4 yards per carry. 6.4 yards. Nate Carter's, uh, you know, 100 game aside against Wagner, which I, I you know, I, I don't throw into this mix, um, but I use everyone else. Yeah, I don't else. know why. 6.4 yards per carry. These guys are bruisers. I mean, Hine's not a bruiser per se, but he's been physical between the tackles. That's a big number. You know, this, this got me thinking while we Uh-oh. were putting these these stats together, these numbers together. Um is it, it, when you have four guys like this in a combination of different styles, right? You have somebody that's maybe a slasher, somebody that's a bruiser, somebody that can go outside the tackles, inside the tackles. Is this credit to these guys and the skill set and the actual depth that the that that BYU has, or is it the offensive line? Because because and, and and what I mean by that is. It, let's say that there is one guy that stands out and, and everybody else, you know, they still get their carries, they still have their opportunities, but they don't uh, maybe produce as much. Mm-hmm. Is, 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 does that mean that, okay, this one guy is that much more talented, but the fact that you can maybe put anybody in there, throw anybody in there, is that – who do you give props to? That's the system. I think the Robert system? and I needs to be credited. I don't think that people want to give Robert and I credit for whatever reason. Um, but he deserves credit. I think you're right. You could have a great running back, but if you don't have a good offensive line, I don't think that it really matters. That, this would be a good Twitter poll question, right? Do, yeah. you give, do you give credit to... Who gets the credit? Who gets the credit? The offensive lineman? running back depth. Yeah, yeah. The offensive yeah. linemen are the, are the running back depth. Yeah. I think that BYU's linemen have done a nice job. And that, and that is a question mark going into this game, too, because as we mentioned in the headlines... Kyle Johnson and Ului Lapuahu are doubtful. There's two of yeah. your starters. And then Riker Matthews, a step below that, questionable. Against yeah. Wagner, BYU had uh, those three guys out. Against Cincinnati, I think BYU had some of the backups in. Brad Wilcox has done a nice job. Wilcox, uh, like, Tony yeah. Knuch has been good off the bench at, at guard as well. And, and, and the thing about that that's a little bit concerning is just that it's one cohesive group, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's literally, and we talk about cliches, right, earlier. Today's we talking, cli- national cliche National day, cliche day. I yeah. mean, you talk about one heartbeat, right? And, and that's We're just so, going to take it one cliche at so, a time, Brian. It's so true with the offensive linemen, and, and there's so much chemistry that's, 
you know, going on on not only on the field but also off the field. So one guy could literally mess that up. I mean, if if you have starters, if if, if I'm on the offensive line and I'm, I'm with my boys and maybe one guy is hurt, somebody comes in and we give up a sack, I'm like, bro, you know that was your fault, right? <laughs> Even though it wasn't it had nothing to do with your side of the ball, your squad completely on the other side of the ball, like mentally, you messed us up. Yeah. I, that, yeah, and that would be tough. And hopefully, those island, those O linemen are a bigger group than just yeah. those five, right? But I, I feel you. You talk a lot about you know, hey, I felt really comfortable with Brandon Bradley on the other side yeah. and Andrew Rich as a safety. I can't remember who the other safety was, but you had a cohesive mm-hmm. unit there. Me either. And so when you have injury, what? <laughs> Me either. <laughs> <laughs> on his way. Who Scott was it? Johnson? Was it Scott? Yeah. The other safety. It was Scott. It was Scott, Scott ended up That's being my junior a good, year. Yeah. Yeah, a good. Uh, a good safety. He had NFL a, uh, teams asking to to try out, wow. and he said, "Nope, I'm going to be a dentist." Yeah, he gave up sideline reporter gig too. Mm-hmm. So our Twitter question today in our conversation: Who will be BYU's leading rusher at San Jose State? Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time at our green ha ha Nate Kata. See, he will have seven rushes for 105. Five will be for one to five yards. One will be for 15, and one will be for <laughs> 75. It's not Wagner Friday. Although, oh, at the man. beginning of the year, I thought that Nate Carter would have a bigger role on this team. Uh, proved uh, quite ineffective, except for uh, the Wagner game. Had that nice 70-yard run. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of see, especially if Riley Burt's available, Nate Carter being the fifth running back in the squad. Yeah, I think agree, I, disagree. I, think I, I agree with you on that. And, and I had a lot of expectations as well. We saw him some flashes last year yeah, of and what he did. Against Nevada, he yeah. was really good. Yep. I, it I, wasn't I, just Savannah State. No, no, year. it wasn't. And and I don't know, I think, I think this year – um, a lot of the, the calls have been, uh, you know, more inside the tackles and they've been calls where maybe traditionally running backs aren't getting um, a full head of steam. And I think uh, Nate Carter being much more smaller, you know, 180 pounds, 175 pounds, he needs to get a little bit more momentum and he can't, you know, get uh, maybe like a, a read option like an Algie Brown where, um, you know, he can slowly start to pick up momentum because he's, he's a bigger back. And read know? option hasn't been an option. It, it, not having, uh, you know, a Taysom Hill-type threat has affected a guy like yeah. Nate Carter, yeah. although it was with Christian Stewart, but Christian was still kind of a running threat. Yeah. Tanner Mangum is not a running threat, especially with the hamstring. So it's like, um, I know, like you're, not, like, you're not fooling me, man. The read <laughs> option is uh, foolish right yeah. now for BYU to run. That's Cicero, Cicero, I believe. Uh, Sir Francis, Sir Francis Bernard shall demonstrate his <laughs> ability against the unruly and Spartan colonials of the state of San Jose. Nice. He must mine for gold. <laughs> yeah, Sir Francis Bernard. I love. It. I'm surprised we haven't gone with something right? like that. Sir with Francis. Francis. Francis Bernard. He's he's been a. Maybe a I light, should change man. my wife actor just for that. <laughs> just to say it like that. Yeah, yeah, you can. Francis Bernard. But I want to win, though, so no. Coming out, baseball coach Mike Littlewood on his trip to America Samoa. But first, Uncle B, Blaine Flower. Is San Jose State a trap game? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation is going on right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Uh, have you ever what goes on behind uh, the BYU scenes? Have I ever that, what? 
Do you ever wonder what goes on behind the BYU locker room? Every Tuesday and at seven thirty, I do. You you wonder? Are you just get excited to know what did Coach Mendenhall say to get these guys pumped up on a bye week? What activities and festivities go on? Uh, tune in, tune in tonight, uh, seven thirty Eastern on Brigham Young Television to watch Inside BYU Football. Yeah, check it out. Always good. Our Twitter question, who will be BYU's leading rusher at San Jose State at Jones AP5? Adam Hine, because he hurdles the competition in California. That's a good point. The last time BYU played in California was against UCLA, and Adam Hine had a tremendous game. He had that leap, yeah, I remember. The hurdle. The hurdle. If BYU wins that game, that hurdle is another iconic moment. Yeah. Right? But yep. BYU has had so many iconic moments from this year already that that one gets buried. Yeah, it does. And he was buried for a month with injured. With injury, Forever. you know what I'm saying? Now joining us, Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Blaine, Adam Hine is back this week. What does that mean for the Cougars? Uh, it gives them a more explosive option at running back. And, you know, that's not taken away from, from algae. Um, but he's a different kind of back. He's a big physical guy that really should just make one move, put his foot in the ground, and run over people. And Adam's a guy that we saw has the ability to stretch the defense a little bit, get to the edge. You know, you can run the toss to him. And he, so it just causes a different set of problems for defense. So it's good to have that back. You know, and, and then we had Burt that showed that he could do that, but then the hamstring happened. And we saw a flash of it for, like, what, three plays? Then it was over. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Uncle B, uh, let's let's talk about our Twitter question. Uh, who will be BYU's leading rusher at San Jose State? So obviously we're all kind of thinking Algie or Adam, but who do you uh, give the trophy to? I think it's still going to be Algie. I do think Adam's going to play a prominent role, um, but, but I think he's going to get limited reps because they don't want to bring him back and re-injure him. And so I think that they'll just kind of see how it goes. They'll play him sparingly. And I think Algie will get the brunt of the carries. And, and let's remember, this is not a good rush defense. They give up 225 yards a game. And I think BYU's big advantage in this game is going to be their ability to knock that, that front seven off the football and run it right at them. Now that plays right into Algie's skill set. So, so I, I look for that early. I look for BYU to establish that run game, knock them off the ball, and Algie to get big chunk yardage in the run game straight downhill. So to me, it's Algie. I think that Adam has a comeback in this game. He looks really good, and then his role increases each game as the season progresses. Blaine, San Jose State leads the country in a couple of things, which is interesting. They're the number one pass defense in America. I know that not everyone plays strong schedules. They played Air Force, blah, blah, blah. But why are they the number one pass defense in America? It's because they played Air Force in Oregon State, and they can't throw. <laughs> True. And, and, Auburn, and Auburn didn't even try to throw. So... <laughs> That's a pretty easy answer then. Yeah, so, so you're just saying so, pure volume. Well, and the teams that they put. So Fresno State is miserable this year. New Hampshire, they just completely outmanned New Hampshire, so they couldn't do anything. New Mexico's down. UNLV's average at best. Air Force doesn't even want to throw it, and, and they lost to Air Force. Um, Oregon State is trying to figure themselves out, and Gary Anderson is trying to establish a run game there. They lose in that game. And then, then Auburn just tried to physically beat them up, and San Diego State just – just tried to run the football. So, so they really haven't played a team. If you look at the entire schedule, they haven't played a team that's a throw-first team that actually wants to attack them throwing the football. Hence, 
They give up 225 yards a game rushing, which is miserable, um, but they look good, uh, you know, against the pass. I think that's a product of who they've played. Yeah, that, that's what happened to us in, in the beginning of 2010. We were giving up 350 yards on the ground, and so I think we, we ended up being within the first five games. We were like a top 12. But you were one and like, four. Yeah, but we were one and four. Yeah, secondary. We were like, Psh, that's you guys, man. You guys suck. That's not, that's not, that's not, that's not on, on us. Uh, but, I mean, when you, when you look at the opponents, and it's easy for fans and even these players to say, well, man, they, they played all these boo-boo teams. They haven't done anything. It, it, do you think San Jose State is a trap game with Missouri being uh, right around the corner? Actually, you know, Brian, you and I were talking about this yesterday on the phone, and, and Jerem, it makes me a little bit nervous. And the reason it does is because if you, you the players are watching on film and you're telling them, hey, that any team can beat you, you've got to be ready to go. But you're watching them on film going, oh, gosh, you know, Auburn handled them up front. And, uh, um, and then Air Force just really handled them around the football. Oregon State's not very good this year, and they handle them. And San Diego State did a job on them. This team's not very good. You start telling yourself that in your head, and you come out and play a little bit flat, and this team's not, they're not awful offensively. So they're, they're more balanced than they've been. The last time BYU played this team, they had David Fales, a quarterback, who was throwing BBs all over the place, mm-hmm. and he, he got hot and it was miserable. They're not that team. Um, you know, they've played two quarterbacks, uh, Gray and Potter, but they're throwing for 226 yards a game. They're rushing for almost 185 yards a game. They have a really good running back in Tyler Irvin, so offensively, they're good enough that if you let them get a little bit of momentum and you play flat to start the game and they start to believe in themselves and they get a couple of turnovers up on you, this is the type of the team on the road that could beat you. So long answer, but, but Brian, absolutely this could be a trap game if BYU doesn't come out and play with the right mindset. Let's break down maybe the differences between this matchup and the one in 2012 when BYU did lose that game. BYU had an injured quarterback. Uh, in Riley Nelson, uh, who had a fractured back. Uh, Jamal Williams was young and still figuring it out uh, at that point. As you mentioned, San Jose State, they finish as an 11-win team and in the top 25. So what, what are the differences you see in BYU maybe being more prepared to meet a trap in San Jose? Well, I, I just think that this team has been more battle-tested early in the season, and they're going into this. I never like going into a game with a quarterback with a broken back. That's just me. (laughs) Understatement of the century. Yeah, yeah, it just to me, I just never feel good about it when my quarterback's got a broken back. I I always am a little questioning myself when that's my situation. Somehow Riley Nelson still started that game, right? Still started. Yeah, Yeah, it's unbelievable. And this team is so so. David Fails, remember, he was a legit big time NFL quarterback. Heck, he's with the Chicago Bears. So. And he had some very, very dangerous wide receivers. This San Jose team is, is trying to find itself offensively. Their identity is completely different. Their identity is running back Tyler Irvin, third in the country in total rushing yards. He's, he's 1,159 yards rushing. He's averaging 144 yards a game. Um, so their, their offense is based on a different foundation. And BYU really struggled in that last meeting to stop a red-hot NFL quarterback I think they're better prepared defensively to shut down the run, which is what San Jose State wants to do in this game. And I think, yeah, even though they're going in with a backup quarterback, not the guy that was supposed to start, now you've got a guy that's been the starter the last several weeks. He's really finding himself, even though he's just a freshman. His skill set 
is unbelievable. And so, so Tanner Mangum's prepared and ready to go in this game, and he's got a host of receivers to throw the ball with, and all of a sudden they're getting healthier at running back. They're not quite healthy on the offensive line yet, but BYU's in much better shape on both sides of the ball. And you know what? The biggest thing is David Fales is in the NFL, not on San Jose State's team. If he was on their team with Tyler Irvin, I'd be a little more worried. Yeah, this plays into this idea. Earlier in the year, we were talking about, hey, BYU is having trouble stopping the run. Uh, you look at Paul, what Paul Perkins did uh, against BYU, and that gave people some worries. Now you have a running back like Tyler Irvin. Do you think because San Jose State doesn't have as good of a pass game that BYU can just key on that and actually effectively contain that? Well, here's the thing. They have to because when San Jose State's effective throwing the ball, it's when they establish Tyler Irvin early. And they start to run the football, and teams start to go, ah, oh, we better put another guy in the front. We've got to play more aggressively against the run. When they, when they get the defense, when they dictate to the defense to do that, that's when they get their 226 yards passing because they play action off of that, and they get in behind people. They, they've got 18 plays this year of 30-plus yards. That's a combination of run and pass game. So they have the ability to beat you with big plays if you don't shut the run down early. And so I think in BYU's game plan, they have to say number one priority do not let Tyler Irvin go off early. If you stop him, it eliminates some of the things they can do off of that in the pass game. And then you can't let him get big play. I mean, Tyler Irvin's a really dynamic player. Um, he reminds me a little bit of uh, of McCaffrey um, from from the. He reminds me of McCaffrey um, on the uh, uh, on Stanford Stanford team. Yeah, where he returns punts, he returns kicks, he does all of those kinds of things um, for this football team. So, real dynamic player. He's not as big as McCaffrey, so he's a little bit smaller. He's got a lot of shake to him, but he's not going to run over and punish people like McCaffrey does at the end of the run. So, so think of him as a poor man's McCaffrey, and that's got to be BYU's number one objective defensively. Don't let that guy go off. Lane Fowler's on BYU Sports Nation. We talk, let's talk a little bit of hoops now. BYU has the Cougar tip-off under their belt. They have one exhibition. You'll be on the call this Saturday for BYU uh, against the whole state of Alaska, uh, apparently. What have you seen from this uh, new-look BYU team that's been a little banged up in the preseason so far? Well, what I like about them going into the season period is I feel like this is going to be a very balanced offensive attack. And it was such a, a perimeter-oriented basketball team last year. Um, you know, great point guard play with Kyle Collinsworth and great combo guard and, and Tyler Haas. But you had a young Corbin Kafusi who was trying to find himself um, learning the game. You had Nate Austin who was hurt. Now you add eight and Nate Austin back and Kafusi with a, with a year behind him. And then I love Davis. I love the addition that Davis is going to be. And then a guy like Jake Toulson with a year under his belt who can shoot lights out. And, and of all of the young guys, I believe Nick Emery is going to probably have the, the biggest impact right away. So, so what that means is that's a formula for teams can't go into a game and go, hey, if we can just shut down the perimeter game, we're in great shape. Because I think BYU can score – inside or outside, and now you become a really difficult team to defend. And, and that's, that's going to be the biggest difference this year. And they have more bodies to defend themselves. Um, they're going to match up better with Gonzaga because they have more big guys that they can throw in there against that monstrous front line. Kyle Collinsworth is receiving a lot of uh, preseason hype. Uh, where does Kyle fit among the nation's top players uh, in your eyes? I think he's one of their premier point guards 
in the country. And, and, and the reason is he's such a mismatch problem for people. He's got great handles, so he's a great ball handler. He can get anywhere he wants on the floor because of his size and strength. Um, and, and he's a good defender, not because he's like lights out lateral quickness, but because he can overpower uh, other teams' guards with size. And so it just he's a terrible mismatch for most teams. They don't know what to do with him. Do you put your biggest guard on him to defend him, and does that guard have the quickness to stop him from getting where he wants to go? Just the innate ability to get into the paint and break a defense down. And what I like is this year he has the ability to not just kick it to the perimeter for a jump shot, but now he can dish inside as well to some big guys that can really finish. And so it's going to make Kyle be even more effective because he's going to have more finishers at the rim this year. Blaine, B-plus interview. B-plus, yeah. B-plus yeah. interview for now. <laughs> nice. Hey, and I love your studio audience, by the way. That sounds great. Yeah, it's a group of third graders. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Yeah, nice. They're all taller than me, too. <laughs> Blaine, good stuff. We appreciate it. Uh, no after right. further review tonight, but uh, you can see Blaine Saturday night. Thanks, Blaine. Talk to you guys later. BYU in Alaska hoops coming up Saturday night. Blaine and Dave on the call. It was Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I think I've, I always love when someone's on the phone while we're interviewing them and someone else comes up to them and distracts them. Obviously, someone came up yeah. to Blaine. Uh-huh. He, was, he was trying to answer them. And McCaffrey, you kinda, you kinda he's at Stanford. Yeah. He knows he's at Stanford. <laughs> He has, a, he has a son-in-law that plays at Stanford, for goodness sake. He's not, he didn't want to say nothing. Yeah, that was funny. Keep the tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, BYU's All-American swimmer Jake Taylor's in studio. Plus, baseball coach Mike Littlewood on his trip to America, Samoa, last week. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. To the club. Uh, it's your chance to spend a basketball game day with BYU Sports Nation. Take a photo of you at a BYU Hoops game with a sign mentioning BYU Sports Nation and post it on Twitter. One winner will spend the day with Spencer, Jerem, and get tickets to a BYU Hoops game. Find all the contest rules and prizes on BYUtv.org. Hey, very exciting. Get to participate well, I, in the Hoops. If, yeah. can, can I win if I go? <clears throat> uh, we should probably give it to someone else, Brian. Um, if you want to go to the game, just ask. You know, we could get it's you not, in. Probably that's not fair, man. There's a lot of seats in there. I don't yeah. know if you've been in there. There's a lot of seats. I, I have yet to 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 go, man. What? Yeah. I, so I need to get some tickets. Okay, we'll get you some tickets. Yeah. All you have to do is beg on national television. <laughs> Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU and Mizzou on November 14th will kick off at 7:30 Eastern time on the SEC Network. Although still unannounced, Brent Musburger could be. The play-by-play for that game. That'd be great. Very exciting news. Injury update from practice. Adam Hine is back. Kyle Johnson and Ulue. Ulue? La Puahu. I went a little downhill from the first time. (laughs) That's okay. We'll work for the fourth quarter. Hey, all right. Are doubtful. Also, Riker Matthews is questionable. Matt Hadley and Riley Burt are probable. Most people are like, what player was he even saying? (laughs) Ulue La Puahu. Ulue. Kyle, it's a hard one. Kyle Collinsworth was named the 21st best player in ESPN's top 100 player list in college hoops, number 34 in Fox Sports' top 50. The AP top 25 preseason poll was also released. BYU is scheduled to play number 9 Gonzaga twice. 
And at number 16, Utah, potentially number 8, Oklahoma in Hawaii. Nice. Nadia Gomes is the West Coast Conference Soccer Player of the Week after her two goals in just 14 seconds against LMU this past Saturday. Legit. Speaking of, we welcome in baseball head coach Mike Littlewood to Studio B on BYU Sports Nation. Mike, how's it going? It's going well. Glad to be here. You're looking a little tan, and that might be because you went to America, Samoa, Samoa uh, recently. Tell us about that trip. Oh, it was a great trip. Um, you know, it was uh, set up as a humanitarian trip, and originally we thought we'll go down there and teach them everything we know, and this is going to be all about us giving to them. And uh, after the week-long trip, it kind of turned around. They, they gave a lot back to us, so it was, it was an awesome trip. Who organized this trip? So uh, it goes back to, to 2011 when Brent Herring, my assistant uh, coach, uh, who married a Samoan girl, Mary Falatea, um, it, and it goes back to a former BYU player, Murphy Sua, who was coaching at Dominguez Hills And at I the know time. Murphy's son, Justin, Justin from when Justin I called Sua, the game. Yeah, yeah, great guy. So we played Dominguez Hills, and, and Brent talked to Murphy after the game. This was in 2010, and they kind of got together. Murphy and Brent took a team down, an American team down, to play a team from Samoa, and that's kind of just how it went. when Brent came back. Uh, Victor Lankildi, who was an Olympic committee member for Samoa, called Brent and said, hey, we'd like you to be our, our Samoan national coach. So he wow. brought a team up here, and, and it just when we were down at Dixie, and when Brent was in his interview with, with Tom and, and Brian to, for this job, they noticed that he was um, the, the Samoan national coach, and I think Brian said, hey, we need to get down there and, and do some clinics and do some work. I'd love to go down there. And it just blossomed into this, this incredible trip. We did, we did, you can see pictures there, four or five uh, clinics, three baseball, softball clinics. Um, Look at all I did, those BYU shirts. Yeah. yeah that's cool. <laughs> uh, I think Brian sent those down before, and he sent down some basketballs. They have no equipment. Um, we did, we did a, a clinic on the first night with the, the more advanced kids, and maybe 70% of those kids had gloves. But then on Thursday, we did uh, a clinic for younger kids and, and maybe like just, just kids who were starting out, didn't even play baseball. None of them had gloves. So I was doing a throwing station, and we'd throw a ball into the screen, go pick the ball up, come back, and throw it into the screen. Screens had big holes in them, so some kids would you know, throw it through the hole and have to run in the weeds and get them. But it was uh, – <laughs> man, they They're were respectful accurate. kids, um, athletic as a, as a whole, um, Really willing to listen and learn and, and humble. It was a it was a great experience. I think I got much more out of it than than I gave those guys. Did you uh, secretly write down some some mental notes uh, as far as kids? You know, coming back. Okay, this kid's maybe ready in about eighteen years <laughs> yeah. for recruiting. Any future recruiting opportunities that you see? They're pretty raw baseball wise. They they have a passion for baseball and softball, but they are pretty raw. They they need to learn. You know, they're athletic, and it's it, it was interesting. Even the young kids, I would. I teach them pretty complicated footwork as we got going, and mm. man, they could pick it up really quick. Nice. And they had good arm speed, and and they're and they were fast twitch, and so those are the things you look for in an athlete. But it, they don't know where to go for backup. They don't know, you know, they just don't know the intricacies of the game. And so it's going to take a while. And I think the next time we go down, we need to do a, a coaches clinic, get coaches together, teach them, and so they can. And we're even thinking about putting together some videos as our coaching staff. Just some instructional videos, very simple, and send them down so they can have the basics to, to be able to go out and then teach uh, their kids. And I did an officiating clinic. There's 12 of basketball officials on the, on the island, and that was fun, too. We broke down some video and had some good discussions. Nice. and So that was a great time, too. Mike Littlewood, the baseball coach, is on BYU Sports Nation. If you do an instructional video, I really want you to do it like Fred McGriff style. <laughs> this, this instructional video can work for you. 
Yeah. I you remember how much was, money he made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, those are classic. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, with football, you've seen BYU mine these raw talents from countries that don't play football. Ziggy Ansah from Ghana, New Zealand with Paul Asika, Johnny Linehan. Is there, it, baseball seems like an outlier, Malcolm Gladwell, in that it's hard to put in, uh, get the raw skill set of baseball because it's very technical. Can you, yeah. Is there another country that, uh, and I'm not talking like the Dominican, they're already playing, right? Yeah. A country that doesn't play baseball that you can mine potential recruits. You know, I think I, I, there might be a special athlete out there. Um, you know, Andrew Jones came from Curacao, and they didn't—they weren't a big baseball. That's the name that that comes to my mind right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, it's rare. Like in Brazil, you have they don't to even have, play baseball. Yeah, well, basketball. Yeah. It, you think about it. Basketball, you can go out and all you need is a ball and a hoop. Yep. And you can you can in, in, improve your skills, dribbling, and pretty much everything but defense, really. And so you can you can become a better ba- basketball player that way. But baseball, you need a lot of equipment. You need somebody to pitch to. You need somebody to go shag the balls. I mean, there's it's high it, It's different. Sport, it man. really is. You need equipment, and um, it just it's just a little bit different. And football, honestly, I mean, there's skill positions, but bigger, stronger, faster. I mean, you take a really good athlete that can um, they can run after somebody and, and hit them. Hey, they're in. You yeah. know, and so. Obviously, for the skill positions, you you have to. It's almost like baseball, where you have to skill skill specific sport. But baseball is just it's, it's kind of a like you said, it's an outlier. It's a, it's unique. I don't think you could ever go, oh, this kid's a pretty good athlete. Never played baseball. Let's let's get him going. Well, well, well football and, and Ziggy, for example, um, you can almost say, hey, you know, you are big, you're fast, you're strong. Uh, see that guy with the football? Just go get him. Don't, yeah. don't think, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and, and so you could slowly start to mold him as they become more and more familiar. Do you see a position like that in, in baseball at all where it could be a little bit more easier where it's just like, yeah, just, you, just, you just catch the ball? On, on the defensive side, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe a super fast kid, uh, put him in center field and say, when they hit it to you, run it down. Mm-hmm. But then he's got to throw it. Yeah. Then he's got to hit. And then he's got to run the bases. And those all take in, instincts of – you know, hundreds and hundreds of games. I mean, you look at the youth right now, they're playing 80 to 100 games in a year. And that's wow. just experience that the, the kids in Samoa and other places where they don't play baseball, that uh, they just don't get yeah. that. And and they're trying to add baseball in some of the high schools, and they play baseball down there. They love softball too, and there were some pretty good softball players down there. I would say overall the, the level of softball skill was a little bit higher than, uh, than, than the baseball skill. How many, uh, I guess, BYU fans did you encounter – in your trip to America, Smoke. It was it was awesome. Probably, I mean, everybody. They did a great job promoting it. It was on the radio, TV, and, and newspapers every day, and and so they. I mean, we kind of stuck out a little bit, and so hey, yeah, we saw you on the news. You're doing clinics, and Brian and the athletic department sent down a ton of T-shirts, and so we'd be driving down the road seeing Go Cougs, you know, just running down nice. the. And so it it was great. I mean, it it almost felt like seventy eighty percent of the people that we ran into knew what we were doing and appreciated the work we were doing. Wow. That's a really high number. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. You can read more about that on the baseball blog on BYUcougars.com. I know Brent Herring did that, so check that out. Great stuff. We'll have you on again to talk about uh, fall ball, the season, uh, just a couple months away. Let's do it. Excited about it. Just yeah. finished uh, up Saturday with our fall season down at Dixon. And how'd you do? Uh, we, we don't I guess keep, let's talk we about don't it keep score. <laughs> we don't keep score. But but we won seventeen five or six or something like that. We played well. You was, don't keep but you score. Don't score. You don't keep score. The scoreboard didn't work, but <laughs> <laughs> but the scoreboard inside it score. always works. Okay, thanks, Mike. We appreciate. Thanks, guys. It. Uh, with the generous support of the Cougar Club, you are your six hundred twenty three athletes, are role models, leaders, graduates, and champs, champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation, and welcome to the club. Coming up. 
He's one of the most underrated athletes on campus. All-American Jake Taylor from the swim team joins us in studio. His latest doings in the pool. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation live, you can catch the rebroadcast. 6 Eastern Time, weeknights on BYU TV. Yes, and also remember tonight inside BYU football is airing on BYU television at 7.30 Eastern. Uh, You can get a recap of this previous week of what goes on during a bye week, Uh, how uh, much Coach Mendenhall makes these guys run or really (laughs) not run or do anything at all because these guys are spoiled little brats nowadays. I'm just playing. Uh, I'm I'm starting to vent a little bit too much. But, yeah, inside BYU football, tune in 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Do it. Shia LaBeouf says, just do it. Who will be BYU's leading rusher at San Jose (laughs) State? That's our Twitter question. At Aaron K underscore MN. Hodge. BYU will get up. Bo Hodge. That's right. <laughs> That's right, Brady Babinga. Early and Hodge will run all over San Jose State's defense in the second half. Oh, One more man. time. Bo Hodge. Bo Hodge. That's from uh, when Bo was signed as a nice. BYU cruiser. What a, what a classic. That's a good tweet. Right what there. a classic moment. Now joining us in studio, Jake Taylor from the men's swim team, uh, who is the National Swimmer of the Week and MPSF Swimmer of the Week as well. Jake, welcome back to Studio B, man. Thank you. Happy to be here, as always. What did, uh, let's see, you took first place uh, in four events last week. That's all you did? That's, 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 that's it, man. That's it. That's, that's, that's we were it. expecting five. You had four. If I had five events, you know, it would have been five. But yeah, so you were four for four. Oh, you were four for four. I was four for four. Who did you compete against? Uh, Pacific University. Oh, and just one-on-one. They had no one they could hang with. <laughs> well, I guess technically it was a dual meet, but then some of the B swimmers from Cal were there. Oh, okay. But oh, okay. they didn't swim too well, so we don't really talk about that. Yeah, gotcha. you, just, you just dominated them. But, it, yeah. but if you dominate a school whose name is an, uh, the name of an ocean, like I just assume that you're going to be good at swimming. No? <laughs> yeah, right? that's true. That's, uh, that's basically what that or means. Or like yeah. Mississippi River. Like I just, I just assume there's something there. But what's, what's gone well for you so far this year is you try and build on what you did last year, which was fantastic. Well, I think from coming back from last year, like there's a lot of more, more momentum. And it's helped me a lot think about like what, what are some of the things that I can improve on and I guess concentrate on my strengths and or understanding my strengths and uh, capitalizing on that. Um, for example, I've, I've learned that uh, I'm really good at race strategy uh, from last year. And if you see the film at all in any of my races, especially in the longer mid-distance races, I've been able to focus a lot better than I think most of my competitors, which kind of gives me the edge. And so going into this year, I've been able to capitalize on that and really focus on uh, you know, uh, what my capabilities are during, during the race. And I've been able to improve that way. So, so with with that being said, what are some other things that you feel that uh, can separate you apart from your opponents this year and, and could really take you to that next level? Well, one of the things is experience because now I've been to the NCAA national championships. I know my competitors, and I've you know I've proven myself in the pool. And I think going to these these uh, meets, especially this week against UNLV and uh, Mesa, Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, they know who I am. And that kind of gives me confidence in, over them. You know, they know, oh, but you know, you he's fast. But you also have a target on your, on your back, too, right? Oh, right. So but, everybody's going to be gunning for you. Yeah, exactly. But I kind of like that. I like that in competition. Knowing... You're in the rearview mirror, typically, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I see you behind me. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I like that. It, gives, it keeps me motivated to have the expectation that, you know, you got to win, not just win, but you got to, like, 
you know, swim impressive times. And that, that helps me every meet, every practice, you know, just focusing on those things that will make me better. Are the Olympics a possibility for you? Uh, qualifying trials? How does all that work for real? Yeah, so I qualified for Olympic trials. You qualified for Olympic trials. Oh, I noticed that on the graphic. That's awesome. <laughs> is that? When is that? What does that uh, mean? The end of June, beginning of July. It's a week long, Sunday to Sunday. And uh, I, I've qualified in the 100 and 200 backstroke. Nice. And I'm, I'm sitting around 9th and 10th right now in the nation. And uh, you and have that's to get... That's among uh, everybody. That's everyone. The Olympics, amateurs, yep, everybody. Olympians okay. and everything. And... Uh, you have to get top two to make it to the Olympics. Mm. And I kind of have an outside shot because every year I've I've dropped a significant amount of time. So if that continues this year, I'll I'll be the, around the times that I'll need. But you know, you never know. Every year is going to be different. Every every year is going to have different competitors, and there's a lot more faster backstrokers, uh, younger backstrokers, in the NCAA's, and so. Uh, I've got a shot, but it's not guaranteed. So do you, you kind of have like a, this this mindset, you know, while you're going through the, the season and the meets of not only beating the opponents, but it's you know trying to to get better, shave some some time off for you know qu- yeah. being qualified. Yeah. So our conference is is competitive, but I guess on a national scale, um, there's a lot better swimmers out there. And so okay. in the conference, you know, I make sure that I, uh, that I win, you know, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. number one. But at the same time, I, I'm keeping track of what my components are doing, what their times are. And so when I'm at these meets where I'm not going to be pushed as, as yeah. much um, by my competitors, I, I still know what times I need to get to be still be, you know, top five, top ten in the nation. Or maybe you just, like, imagine a top competitor somewhere else and you're like, okay, that's him. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Him. Well, when I, like, visualize my races, I always think of, like, the best, you know, Ryan Murphy or whatever from Cal who has beaten me, beaten me before. And so, you know, yeah. I think about him, like, man, I got revenge. Right, <laughs> right, Ryan Murphy, right. got it back. Get, yes. get on top. Right. Yeah, we're going to have a sign in here, Ryan Murphy with an X through it. Or something <laughs> <Yeah. like that. laughs> Let's talk about an article that was on BYUcougars.com. Um, you talked about your wife. What's your wife's name? Amanda. 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 She's the one that gets me out of bed to go to practice, Taylor said. Since being married, I've had 100% attendance through my practices. My wife makes sure I go. She's very supportive of me in that aspect. It continues. BYU Swimming, it's been a huge blessing in our lives. I try to remember that, Taylor's wife, Amanda said. When it's time for practice and he's not out of bed, I get him out of bed. I try Uh-oh. to encourage him in both swimming and in his schoolwork as well. Were you not 100%? Before marriage? Uh, <laughs> uh, I was maybe like 98%. 98. Oh, that's yeah, pretty good. Close. Okay. That was close. So now no. you're 100% practice. Yeah, guys. yeah. She's she's so funny. So she she played soccer growing up in club and in, in high school and stuff. And she she gets it. She understands what it takes yeah. to be a top athlete. Get out of bed, you slacker. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. You know, it's more like a slap in the face. And then, and this is early. then get out of bed. This is early, right? This We're is early. This is like about. 5.30 Woo. every morning. And it's, this this kind of confused me because how can you have the option as an athlete to not go to practice? Or how do you like? Did, how do you miss practice? Oh, you, you don't. You don't have that oh, option, man. You don't. Oh, <laughs> you, don't okay. you don't share your trades, but but uh, a lot of the time, you like you don't feel good in the morning, and uh, oh, you, you just feel, feel exhausted. Feel good. Yeah, gotcha. Exactly. But then you're there afternoon practice, and so the coach is like, "What? Yeah, okay. seriously." But uh, you know, I've always tried to make it a practice, make it a priority. But there are some days where you know you get to bed really late from doing homework, you have a test the next day, yeah. and you're just like the motivation's low. Yeah. And uh, I just wait a couple minutes after my alarm wakes up or it goes off and then, you know, I get the slap in the face and get out of bed, <laughs> the shove, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever she does. But uh, it's really helped me quite a bit uh, stay motivated. And, and she reminds me almost every day of the Olympics and stuff. She really wants That's me cool. to go. That That's good. But I think it's maybe her wanting to go to Rio than me going. Hey, Amanda's smart, you know. Yes. That's that's what she wants. Well, keep up the good work, man. Keep dominating. Uh, what's his name? Murphy? What would you say? Ryan, Ryan Murphy. Murphy. Ryan Murphy's on, going Jared. down. 
from Cal, right? Yeah, that's okay. right. Thanks for the time. Good luck, man. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. Jake Taylor, one of the best uh, athletes on campus at BYU. Do you mind signing our flag, by the way? You got a new flag. You may have signed the old one. Yeah, you, you, you yeah, signed the new one? I haven't signed anything. Awesome. I'll sign this you can sure. sign. You can sign Murphy going down or something. Oh, oh yeah. Awesome. Sign your name and then Ryan Murphy. <laughs> just X it out. Have an X on it. Whip is next. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU and Missouri on November 14th will kick off at 7.30 Eastern on the SEC Network. Although still unannounced, Brent Musburger could be the play-by-play on the game. Uh, also, injury updates from practice. Adam Hine is back, Kyle Johnson, and Uele, Uele? Lapuahu are doubtful. Also, record Matthews is questionable. Matt Hadley and Riley Burt are problems. That was better, right? Men's basketball. Kyle Collinsworth was named the 21st best player in ESPN's top 100 player list and number 34 in Fox Sports' top 50. The AP top 25 preseason poll was released. BYU scheduled to play number 9 Gonzaga twice, hopefully three times. Number 16, Utah and Salt Lake, potentially number 8, Oklahoma. Soccer. Nadia Gomes is the West Coast Conference Soccer Player of the Week after her two goals and 14 seconds against LMU on Saturday. Volleyball. BYU women's volleyball now ranked 14th after jumping two spots in the national ranking this week. Ladies back in action Thursday night, 9 Eastern against St. Mary's. Cougars overseas. Tyler Haas started for the first time in his professional career this weekend. He ended up with 13 points, three rebounds, and an assist in his team's 76-56 loss. Did we have to mention the score? John Beck, Cozy Burnett, hey, I just Justin read what's in front of me. Gary, San Jose State's play-by-play, will join us later this week. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. <laughs> DexterLaw.com. It goes to Jake Taylor. I jokingly you know, said stuff about Ryan Murphy. Well, Jake Taylor signed our new Rise and Shout <laughs> Rise Up Black, and he signed his name and wrote Ryan Murphy Ryan Socks Murphy on it. Sucks. The Cal Swimmer, who's his competitor. <laughs> Can you imagine Tanner Mangum writing that about Travis Wilson or something? <laughs> Or uh, Kent Myers. I don't know. That's oh, awesome. So it gets our rising job. <laughs> <laughs> our Twitter question today. Who, will be BYU- who do you want to write that they suck on the flag? <laughs> who will be BYU's leading rusher at San Jose State at MJ Orton? Whiskers! That's all Janon Brown. Hash Brown. If his shin is better, hopefully it is. Elite tweet of the day at IDRockTheY. You can't catch up to Hash Brown. Nice. Nailed it. Thanks to Blaine Fowler, Mike Littlewood, Jake Taylor, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN Hash Brown. Shows on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcasts on iTunes. Brian, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Eddie Green. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow. Noon Eastern time. I'm still throwing this football.